0: We are in a series called Faith Walk. Uh, it's about hope. It's about life. It's about adventure. It's about a partnership with God. Faith Walk. You know, unfortunately a lot of times we can use the word broken road, just like the song said there, where we end up in some pretty tough struggles. I mean, even this past week, we've had several marriages right on the precipice of disaster. We've had several individuals wrestling deeply with where they're going next. Hurt, pain, struggle, depression, stress. If those words are familiar to you, you know what I'm talking about. The question is, if we've gotten to this spot and this spot has anything to do with the fact that I veered off of my faith walk, I am now in some way on a little detour. Lord, is there a way to return back? How can I return back? What's it look like? Let's answer it first in two questions. Can I turn back? Yes. Yes. Okay, can I turn back? Yes. How? One word, humbly. That's what we're going to look at today. How can I live humbly and return to the faith walk? How can I get off of this drift in the sea of true to self? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm bankrupted. I've, crashed into the rocks of consequence and i'm in deep trouble how can i get off live humbly so let's take a look at how to live humbly we're going to look at genesis 13 ushers are coming forward they've got bibles in their hands if you don't have one just raise your hand and we'll get a bible to you okay genesis 13 we're going to be walking verse by verse through this learning as abraham learned how to recover on this faith walk First point, living humbly includes returning to him when we drift. Returning to him when we drift. Let's just start right at the top, chapter 13. Actually, we'll go back to chapter 12, the verse before it there, in verse 20. It says, And Pharaoh gave men orders concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. Got the boot. You're out of Egypt chapter 13 so Abraham went up from Egypt kind of a natural follow through right when you're kicked out you well you leave okay so Abraham went up from Egypt he and his wife and all that he had and Lot went with him into the Negev God had a command for Abram it was two-parted go and be a blessing Abraham got there and then he veered off and he decided to take things into his own hands and in the midst of doing it he created quite a little mess for himself and so God working through Pharaoh gave a command go with all of your possessions and your wife and go back to where you came from God's involved the command is the same go get to the promised land so Abram finally goes there Notice it says so Abram went up from Egypt He's going back To the Canaanite area that area that's been promised to him. He didn't continue further south. He didn't continue further west He went back to the north northeast He's heading back to where he belongs. Okay verse 2 now Abram was very rich in livestock in silver and in gold Remember in chapter 12 verse 2 God said I will bless you Your name will be great There is going to be a lot of lavishing upon you people are going to talk about you Because of my hand on you You will be blessed Chapter 13 verse 2 Now Abram was very rich Uh, God follows through with his promise. Amen like when we have a promise from him we can lean upon it abram found himself exactly where god said he would very rich even in the midst of some pretty bad decisions verse 3 and he abram journeyed on from the negeb as far as bethel to the place where he to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between bethel and ai to the place where he had made an altar at the first he returned back to where it all had begun, right? Remember last week, he had come to this point. He'd come to Shechem and he had set up an altar. And there he was like, awesome, we're here. And, and then he was called a little bit further to Bethel. And he's sitting there and he makes a tent. And there they actually camped for quite a while. And they set up there and he called upon the name of the Lord. Like, what's next? You are so worth serving and worshiping. What's next, Lord? Now he's drifted way off and he's trying to figure out where should I go? What does God have for me? If you're ever in one of those spots, consider heading to that spot last known where things were really clicking. Go to your Bethel. Look at what's going on. I called upon the name of the Lord here and it was working. We were clicking. And then I went to Egypt. Okay, so let's get there. And let's start there and see what happens. He goes back to where God was working with him. He returned. He says right after that, to the place where he had been at the beginning. And then where he had made the altar at the start. Are you hearing it? It's like, Go back to this spot. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Just go right there. Okay? So he goes back to that starting point and he's cleaning it all up. It's time to return to where the drift began. That fork in the road. Have you taken a fork in the road? I mean, when you look at your life and where you're at and some of the things you're involved in or some of the dreams you're going after and... Are you on the path where you feel that God is working with you and leading? Or are you on a kind of a drift of being true to self? Maybe it's time to head back to the fork in the road where the drift began and start to head where God's calling you. You know, how do I return? Here's four steps to returning. We're just going to learn from Abram here, and we'll just mark his out, okay? The four steps. First, let's just not forget what we learned in our last sermon series, spiritually breathe. Spiritually breathe. Just exhale and inhale, okay? Everybody do it with me. One big inhale. You ready? And now exhale. Okay, that's physically breathing. We do that pretty naturally, right? Spiritually breathing. Why don't we do that naturally? You know what i'm talking about this exhaling this confessing what needs to get out of my life and lord Please forgive me and I want to get in a line with you May my will line up exactly with your will and whatever isn't may it be gone exhaling getting the junk out And inhaling because you are unbelievable Because you are forgiving because you are almighty because you have a plan because you are an amazing god and then exhale and whatever i've just learned about myself now that needs to go may it go too search me o oh god and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts and why because you have such a gentle and merciful hand can you feel it the exhaling and the inhaling it helps bring us in alignment with him like never before ephesians 5:18 would call it being filled with the spirit at that moment that you are in alignment with him nothing in the way his unveiled glory pouring over you that's Getting back to the fork in the road So let's start there point number or step number one is spiritual breathing How do I return first to spiritual breathing second? Uh, get out of your tempting circumstances If you want to put it short leave Egypt right it's time to get out of whatever the tempting circumstances are that you're in What have you placed yourself in that is simply about you and pleasing you and it's tempting the flesh and it's whatever feels good Or looks good or shows me off, you know those things of the world right first john 2 It's the stuff that just kind of Makes me all about me get out of that Third uh, Go to where god was last at work Go to where God was last at work. You know, how do I know where he was last at work? A simple little test. You might want to ask the who, what, when, where, why, and how. And answer those questions. Who was I hanging around with? Uh, Who wasn't I hanging around with that kept me more on track? What was going on? What was I learning? Where was I at? Maybe it was geographic. Maybe it's not about geography at all. Because quite frankly, usually God is way more about what's going on in the heart than he is about the geographic location. Where is God at work and what's happening and how do I get back to there and maybe a simple question? What tests? was I sitting under at the time and? Did I try to escape those challenges? Or was I remaining under maybe I need to place myself back under that? It's Lord. Where do you have me to go that I might grow? Now For those of you who are like, I know when I made my mistake, it was right before I got married. You're married. Stay married. Okay? This isn't one of those, get out of everything. Go back to just being me. It's not that. It's make sure all of scripture applies to what you're talking about doing. Okay, be very careful. There are great passages with marriage, for example, on to how to stay married and to what to do with the marriage and that divorce is not what God wants. And there's very few narrow. There's two reasons for divorce and otherwise stay married. And let's be very careful of just running and saying, I I did what was in Genesis 13. I just left my Egypt. Her name is. (laughs) That's not it. Okay, be very careful how we apply scripture But truly look for where god's taking you So first spiritual breathing second get out of your tempting circumstances third go to where God was last at work with you and fourth It's time to worship him It's time to worship him If you check out what happens in verse 4 Chapter 13 verse 4 it says He went to the place where he had made an altar at the first and there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. That's how we get back. It's Lord. I'm willing to leave whatever. I'm willing to go back to wherever and I am going to worship you with all I've got. And please forgive me for whatever along the way. You're an amazing God. Please breathe and breathe a lot Please run and run hard It's time for us to return to the almighty He's at work in our lives Abram experienced it in a very powerful way You know, I was talking uh, with a few people this week about recovery ministries Nationwide and I actually got on some recovery websites. Here's some quotes As you're recovering to think about The power behind me in my God is greater than the problem in front of me. Always. The power behind me is greater than the problem in front of me. Okay? The quality of your recovery is proportional to the quality of your surrender. The quality of your recovery is proportional to the quality of your surrender. Not your effort. It's a big deal. Uh, here's one from somebody who was hooked on drugs I used to be a hopeless dope fiend now. I'm a dopeless hope fiend I thought that was cute It's not about your pride But rather about your surrender It's about your surrender It's not about your effort It's about your unveiled god's unveiled glory in your life That's what it's about Basking in his glory full surrender return to him So question Where are you on your faith walk? Maybe it's just been a, a, a step just off the side. It's been barely anything It's just been part of a week or, or, or whatever. It's just been this little disruption and But I need to get it back in line or maybe it's been no I just found the fork in the road took the other turn and i've been on it for years And I'm really not sure what to do about. I'm telling you, it's as simple as those four steps in a moment in time. It's time for us to get things in line with him. Are you ready to return? Are you ready to put it all in his hands and say, work with me, God? I'm giving you whoever I am right here and right now. I want to start running after you with all I've got. Abram did it think it took a little bit of a pride hit I mean, he left the promised land. He went to egypt. He almost lost his wife He got smacked in the head by pharaoh. He got sent back home to the same exact place And now he's standing back at the same altar time later going, okay Now i'm calling upon you lord, right? Can you imagine the moment of I'm, so Sorry, please forgive me Let's get this going Our God is an unbelievably gracious and forgiving God. Constantly willing to come running to your side with forgiveness. Just turn to him. Turn to him right here, right now, today. It's time. It's time to return on the faith walk. Second step is to answer your phone. No. (laughs) Second step living humbly includes Being gracious in the midst of adversity Being gracious in the midst of adversity Check this out Verse 5 and lot who went with abram Also had flocks and herds and tents so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together for their possessions Were so great that they could not dwell together lot was hanging out with the guy who was just promised to be blessed by God Almighty uh, That's a good plan, by the way If you know anybody who's been promised by God to be blessed for all eternity You might want to hang near him because it's going to spill over You know what I'm saying? Like Lot's ending up in a spot where he has Well, a lot Right? He's got a lot of stuff and, and where did it come from? Well, he's hanging out with the guy who's being blessed and as the sheep and the people and the stuff are coming Abram's sharing it out graciously and there is a benefit to be hanging with them They've got so much stuff in fact that the land can't even support them That's a lot of stuff I have no idea how much it is guesses are that each of them Abram and Lot each probably had close to a thousand people and thousands and thousands of animals and It just spread out like crazy and they were kind of free-range shepherds Not really owning the property just letting the sheep and whatever else feed and water and Can you imagine the tension that might create when it's not the okay? That's your hill. This is our hill Everybody stay apart and and then they're like well, wait a minute. There's more water on your hill and right can you imagine and all of a sudden there's battling so verse 7 says and there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's flock, our livestock, and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling in the land as well. There was strife. Have you ever noticed that? That with wealth comes grief. Have you noticed that? Some of you are like, I'd love to experience that grief. Yeah. <laughs> With wealth comes grief. There's more stuff to manage. There's more things to think about There's more battling to take care of there's it just happens Okay, and as you're trying to manage the more you have to be careful because along the way you're starting to become maybe a little bit more Me centered and you're not meaning to even necessarily. It's this slow subtle drift wealth Be careful like the love of money That's the root of all evil, right? It's not money that's the root of all evil, but the love of money. That's the root of all evil. Watch out. Is the love starting to shift to the stuff instead of to love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself? In the midst of it, these herdsmen are, they're not happy with each other. They're not understanding. They're not getting along with. They're kind of ticked off. And if you notice it says at that time the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling in the land Why tell us this? Well, I'll tell you I think part of what it is is saying it was a very packed place There's people who own this area And there's people who own this area and we're trying to free-range walk through owning nothing and having the Whatever is left work for our animals and our people and and so we end up either in battles Which we don't want so we try to stay away or we end up battling with each other because there's not much left and We're having some troubles. Well, what do you do with that? Then Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Some of your passages may say brothers, or it talks about we are blood-related. Let's get along. Abram's executing the New Testament passage. In as much as it depends it with you, be at peace with all men, Right? If it's up to you get along Please try to get along It's not say enable them to sin. It's not say right. We've got to balance it with all the other passages and we have passages We just looked at one a couple weeks ago in first Thessalonians 5 about weighing in with friends and leaning upon and and wrestling with things together But it is saying be careful when it's just about subjective stuff and trying to manage things and try to get along Please right be at peace that's a that's a tough balance, but a balance that's needed. Abram has just spent an amazing return experience with God. Abram has just built an altar to God and begun to pray and, and throw everything back to him. Abram is saying, God, you're an amazing, giving, forgiving God. I just learned a word this week. I'd heard the word before. just never knew what it meant. Magnanimous. Okay? Magnanimous. And I'm like, it sounds good. But it means to be extremely giving and forgiving To be very gracious and merciful Even to those below you Our God Is magnanimous Giving and forgiving to those below Willing to accept back and lavish upon when it's completely not deserved Our God Is magnanimous And Abram Spend some time basking in the very glory of the magnanimous God. And so in the midst of this problem, Abram turns outward and no shocker. He is magnanimous. So what does he do? He says, is not the whole land before you? Verse nine, separate yourself from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. You choose. Your choice. Abram is the elder. He's the uncle. Abram's the one who got the call from God. Abram's the one who should be saying, look, I trump you on age. I trump you on this special call. I'm making the call. God told me to take the promised land. It's to the left. I'm going there. Here we go. Okay, so we're taking this. You go over there. No, Abram says, you choose. What if Lot chose the promised land? Right? Just imagine that for a second. I'm looking at it going, was this another mistake on the part of Abram? Again, it doesn't say, and this was bad or, and this was good, right? It just leaves it as he did this. So we kind of have to look at what happens with circumstances and what God's doing and blessing around it. And I think it turns out that this is exactly what he should have been doing. We'll see it in just a couple of verses here. How well it turns out for Abram. He basically says, you choose, I step back, I'll go where you don't go. Well, what does Lot do? Verse 10, and Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the, uh uh-oh, land of Egypt. He saw the Jordan Valley and, man, it was just like where we just left, That Egypt place, you know, the one we, well, we weren't supposed to be there. But what is it? Nice, and I think I'll go after it in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. A little foreshadowing moment, right? So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Lot chose. What Lot should have said was, you've got to be kidding me. All that I have is because I hung around near you You've got to be kidding me. You are my elder and my uncle You have this special relationship going on with God. You're kidding me. I'm not gonna choose you choose I'll go wherever you say I should go. No, he said Well, that looks pretty green. That looks pretty good. I think I'm in a little bit of a self mode and I'm on it I got it. I'll take the green. I'll take the stuff. We're moving this way people and he heads out He chooses, and he takes, and he shouldn't have, and he chose very selfishly, very self-determined. It says, verse 12, Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley. People. He settled with other people among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Uh Uh-oh, Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. Lot is really lacking that thing called discernment. The green lush valley, the water, the the food source, the the space, all looked good enough that, ah, who cares if there's some wicked people around. And so he moved in and set up shop right there amongst them. And it never once gave him the willies lot moved in and he took over selfishly abram ended up Exactly where god wanted him in the promised land you know If you look at these passages You see god working even in the midst of abram being willing to let it go in the midst of adversity being gracious And god works amongst it sometimes It's best for us to give even when we're being taken from. So that's not very easy. Yeah, I know. Well, have you tried it? Yeah, this week. It's not fun, is it? It can be a rough time to be careful and gentle and offer up when it's not really what's appropriate. And yet there's something going on in your heart as God's working with you. Now you always have to balance this remember galatians 6 1 and 1st thessalonians 5 and we need to be weighing in And so be careful. I didn't just drop everything I just said for the last two years and he just said never talk to anybody about stuff that needs to change and like, we're not saying that There's times for both and you have got to be prayerfully working that through But this was a case where abram felt The separating was what was god's calling for and notice the original call that abram was given was Go up from your land and your kindred and your father's house. Go alone. And now where is he ending up? In the promised land, without the kindred, right? God's working. Abram's finally saying, I've got some things to do to get in line with him, and I'm going to do it. Warren Weersby, in his Be Obedient book, he wrote this about this passage. Lot had lifted his eyes and seen what the world had to offer. Now God invited Abram to lift his eyes and see what heaven had to offer. Lot chose a piece of land, which he finally lost. God gave Abraham the whole land, which still belongs to his descendants. Lot had said, I will take. Abram said, I will give. Lot lost his family. Abram was promised a family so large it could not be counted. Lot was living for the possible, but Abram was trusting God for the impossible. Are you ready to meet your magnanimous God? I mean, spend some time alone with him. I mean, meet him in scripture. I mean, understand his character and then in the midst of it, turn outward and be that to those around you. Reflect his character in all that you are and all that you do. It's part of the return, is may God's very heart and heartbeat be my heart and heartbeat. Reach out to those around you lovingly and compassionately and say, in the midst of adversity, I'm pouring it on. That's what we see Abram doing. So let me ask you this. Are you in adversity? Got a struggle going on? What's the name of the person? Don't say it out loud. You got it? Okay. So let's ask a couple questions about this person for you. How can I reflect God's character to them? How can I make sure that I'm not just defending my own name, but I'm reaching out with care and compassion? Magnanimous In the midst of adversity Got an idea Of what you can do Really think about it This isn't the Oh this is a time where I can shut my mind off Really think about it Do you know what you're going to do next It's a big deal To have a plan in the midst of adversity So first it's return Second It's that gracious living Third Living humbly includes Healthy worship Knowing God blesses healthy worship knowing God blesses Okay Here we go verse 14 Says and the Lord said to Abram Okay So here it is another one of these saids right and the Lord said so we're supposed to say whoa when we hear this right the Lord said he had this like probably an audible message, but there's this strong God spoke and declared it's extra biblical God involved special revelation. The Lord said, and we all say, whoa. Whoa. Okay. So here we go. Now you you ready for the uptake? Everybody ready? Here we go. So the Lord said to Abram. Oh, that was weak, man. (laughs) So the Lord said to Abram, Okay, that's how this needs to be hitting us. We need to be reading the scripture saying, well, that doesn't happen to me very often. Like, oh my word, this is a big deal going on. God's speaking to him. I mean, the Holy Spirit moves within us. Yes, we get some inklings and we get some understandings. And as we begin to study scripture, more becomes revealed. But the Lord said to Abram. All right, we're there. Okay, that's where we need to be. The Lord said to Abram. After Lot had separated from him, you ready? This is quite the quote. Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, Walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. That's quite the little quote. Notice what God's saying. He says, For all the land that you see, I will give to you. Back in Genesis 12, he said, when he arrived at Shechem, This land I give to you. So he's standing there and he's like, Some amount of turf here is mine. I'm not sure exactly where the boundaries are, but it's somewhere right in here. Okay, now God says take a look as far as you can see in any direction All the land is yours an expansion on the promise a clarifier And it's a big one He doesn't stop there Remember God said in genesis 12. I am going to make of you a great nation There's going to be some people they're going to have some power Well, now he gets a little more clarification I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring then also could be counted. In other words, it's going to be like a billion little dust particles. There's going to be so many of you running around. It's going to be like if you could count the dust, finally then you could count your people. That's how big this thing's going. Can you imagine, Abram, hearing this? Like at first he was told a nice promise and he went off on the adventure and now he's returned from a little bit of a waylay and God's like, promise still intact and let me show you how big. That's our God. Magnanimous, faithful, lavishing, unbelievable God pouring out upon us. Abram gets quite the little promise. Notice what God says in verse 17. I thought this was kind of a cool little thing. Arise and walk through the length and breadth of the land for I will give it to you Arise and walk through it. Look God loves to make promises and he loves to give But have you ever given a gift? You know, like we love giving gifts to our kids at christmas time and you're watching them open it and and it wasn't It didn't cost you that much really in comparison and and they are just Ecstatic with what and as they're ripping open the gift and their face just lights up and they You know what i'm saying? Like that's what he's saying. Go ahead Open it. That's what he's saying. Arise. Walk through the land. Go ahead. Check it out. You're going to be amazed at what I just gave you. It's going to be cool. I'm pretty sure it's exactly what you... That's what's going on here. It's the, go ahead. Open it. I want to see your face while you're going through it. I want to be a part of it with you. Verse 18. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre which are at hebron and there he built an altar to the lord here's another altar there he built an altar it's time for worship it's time for surrender and it's time for knowing and adoring him with all you've got it's time to say lord you are an amazing god and i just want to lift you up There's something that happens There's a release that occurs and I'm telling you hear me on this you get into the middle of whatever little Distraction you're in and and it's all about me and while you're in the middle of it. You can't even imagine letting go of it. There's so much I don't know what it is that makes us love holding on to the me in it Right, and we can't even imagine letting go and the moment that we actually Do set it down then turn around and say it just isn't about me anymore And it's all for you and may you be worshipped real joy hits you And here we were clinging to the crud hoping that turned into joy And all it does is turn into a really sore hand because you've clenched so hard that Is what abram's realizing here he's setting it all down and turning around and just lifting his hands to heaven and saying, may you be worshipped. You are unbelievably faithful. You are an amazing God. I wrote this down. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was wandering, but now I'm home. I am unworthy, but I am counted as valuable. Your character, matchless. Your blessings, unbelievable your forgiveness unfathomable your heart Magnanimous you are great great is your faithfulness That's our God We have a chance, no matter where we are, no matter where we're at in our walk, no matter what's been going on, to just stop where we are and on a dime turn to him and just say, Lord, what is your promise? I'm ready to claim it with all I've got. I'm ready to run after you with all I've got. Lord, may you be glorified in my life. May you be reflected in my life. If someone meets me, may they simply say, who's the God behind you? May I be that person in this world. I'm ready to give it all up for you. Lord. May you be glorified. We could go there. No matter where you're at in your walk, that's available one step away to be right back on path and running hard with him. It's time for us to do exactly that. To celebrate our God of faithfulness and to give him all we have. I just want to take a couple minutes to pray here where we're going to pray together. So go ahead and fold your stuff, put it away. We're going to have the worship team come on up. And we're going to take a little bit of time here. And it's time for us to just walk through this. You very well might be in a spot right now where you've been on a bit of a distraction. A devastating interlude to your faith walk. It's time to put it back in line. You might be saying, actually, there's not that big of an interrupt. Great. Then this is a time to just renew and restore and invigorate the walk. Let's get ourselves completely in line with him. Let's pray.